All right, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Mark chapter 10. We're going to continue our series, Jesus the Servant King. And we're about to see a shift. We're about to see a shift in the narrative here uh, in, in Mark, going from Mark chapter 10 to Mark chapter 11. Jesus has been throughout this gospel. We have got a glimpse of Jesus in action. We've seen him wielding his power and showing his mercy to broken, lost, marginalized people who are outcast, who are um, ignored, who, who are in great need. And Jesus shows up in their lives and meets them with his power and with his grace and with his mercy. And he changes the trajectory of so many lives throughout this gospel. One of the themes, uh, major themes within this book is that Jesus came to serve. He's the, the king and he's a servant. He came to serve and Brian did an excellent job last week in preaching uh, Mark chapter 10, 32 through 45. And he got to, to, to preach on uh, the, the, the key verse of the book. For the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. So all throughout this gospel, Jesus has been actively serving. The, the gospel of Mark is, is, a, is, a, is a book of action. It's action-packed. It's Jesus in action. We see what he's like. We see his character and we see his work. Okay? And, and, and we see him in action. And in verse uh, chapter 10, verse 45, we have the summary of what Mark is about, that Jesus came to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus didn't merely set a good example, and he did do that. He did set a good example for us to follow. But he did something that no one else can do for us. He did something that, that we can't do for ourselves. He has accomplished salvation and brought redemption to you and I through the sacrifice of his life. He gave himself as a ransom for many. And that's what he's done for us. And so he's on his way to go do that very thing. He's moving closer to Jerusalem. The cross is coming. The passion, the suffering is coming. And he knows it. He's already told his disciples three times that he's going to suffer and die. And he's even told them he's going to rise again. And interesting, amazingly, they don't get it. They, they don't connect the dots. They need lots of help. They need lots of patience and lots of grace. And Jesus meets them with patience and meets them with grace. And he does gradually open their eyes like they need to have them opened up. And so as Jesus is on, going his way to, um, to the direction of Jerusalem, headed towards the cross, we see in chapter 11 the, the hosannas and, and we see, um, Jesus moving towards the cross. Um, there's, there's this little guy. I say he's little. He, he's a guy that, that's not probably noticed by a lot of people. The guy that's marginalized, that's on, on the background. A blind guy named Bartimaeus. Okay? And while Jesus has some world-changing work to do, some some global important work to do of dying for the sins of the world, okay? 
dying for the sins of the world, he takes time, he, he stops out of the busy, in the, with the crowd and the busyness and the importance of what he's doing. He takes time for this one blind beggar. Okay, so let's look at the passage in, in verse 46. And let me pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for a glimpse of Jesus. Thank you for revealing yourself to us, for letting us see who you are and what you're like. And we see that in Jesus. And this morning, I pray that we, our eyes would be open, that we would see more clearly, that we would get to know Jesus better, God, and that we would more efficiently and effectively find our greatest needs met in Jesus. And have our hearts captivated in awe and wonder and devotion and allegiance to Jesus as a result of our time here together. And I pray that you'd give us greater compassion for those who are marginalized, for those who are hurting, those who are needy. And I pray that you'd help us to see our need as well. In Christ's name, amen. Mark chapter 10, verse 46. And they came to Jericho. And as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timus, was sitting by the roadside. And when they heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, take heart, get up. He is calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and he came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and he followed him on the way. And all God's people said, amen. So here's our big idea this morning. Jesus is merciful and he grants mercy to those who cry out to him in faith. Jesus is merciful and he grants mercy to those who cry out to him in faith. Now we've seen this already. Jesus has already healed blind people in the gospel of Mark. He's already healed deaf people. He's already, he's already healed many sick people in the gospel of Mark. And we see uh, a few people who are very tenacious and persistent and, and just determined that they're going to get to Jesus and, and Jesus is going to meet them in their point of need. And he does. And here's another one of those examples. Here's a man who's on the outskirts, a man on the on the backdrop. And and, and the other Gospels don't mention uh, his names um, like 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 Mark does here, perhaps. The reason he did so, that Bartimaeus became uh, somebody in the church that was known. Perhaps he he did so uh, to to highlight, here's the story of Bartimaeus. We know this guy. You know, early church history. 
But he was a blind beggar. His name meant son of Timaeus. And he was sitting by the roadside. He was a man in need. A man who needed Jesus to show up in his life. A man who who probably felt unseen and unheard by others. A man who probably felt unseen and heard by others. But he wasn't unseen and he wasn't unheard by Jesus. Because Jesus stopped and Jesus took notice of this man. Okay? And notice his prayer and what a beautiful prayer it is. And I encourage you to pray this. His, his prayer is, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. So he's crying out. That's his prayer. He's crying. He hears about Jesus coming. Okay? He hears about Jesus coming. No doubt he's heard, heard some stuff about him. Here, here comes that guy. Who's healed people and phrase here, son of David, implies that Jesus is the Messiah. It implies that Bartimaeus believes that Jesus is the one. He's the son of David. He's the Messiah. He's the one who the Jewish people have been waiting for to come and rescue them. He starts crying out this prayer and the crowd tries to hush him up. The crowd tries to get him to quiet his voice like Come on, man, you're, you're, you're being obnoxious here. Quiet it down, okay? But he doesn't. He doesn't listen to the crowd. He doesn't let the crowd shut him down because here comes his moment of opportunity. The one who can do something about his greatest need was passing by and Bartimaeus was not going to miss this divine opportunity. This moment of visitation by the Messiah. And so the intensity grows even more. He starts crying out louder and louder. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. That's what he's crying out for, mercy. By the way, last year when Corona hit and everything got shut down, this was one of my loudest cries to God. Was a cry for mercy. For us, for our city, for our nation, for the world, and just watching people die and watching sickness spread and watch, watching people just give up on life. This has been one of my greatest cries. Lord, have mercy. Because we need mercy. And God is full of mercy and He gives it to those who cry out to Him in faith. He's been so gracious to sustain us through this last year to sustain our lives and to to give us hope as as followers of Jesus and help us not to merely survive through a 2020 but but thrive and grow in the midst of difficulty and so here's a prayer that the church has prayed uh, many in the church throughout the years have used this prayer a powerful prayer and specifically after Jesus asked him Jesus asked him, he's crying out, Lord, have mercy. Jesus says, hey, to the crowd, like, tell him to come here. And so he gets up, he sprang up, he throws his cloak off, you know, he goes over to Jesus. And Jesus asked, asked him, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want? Like, let's be specific. You're crying out for mercy. That's good. But let's get specific here. God, God likes it when we pray specific prayers. Right? And it, it's good. I think we, we can talk to God and let Him know specifically what we're asking for. Um, or as, you know, in training up our kids, one of the phrases we use when, when they're just kind of grunting or, or crying or, or, or expressing like a need or frustration, 
one of the phrases we use is, use your words. Use your words. You can do it. You tell us what you want. Like, and even when we know what our kids want, like, we want them to articulate it if they can, especially if we know that they can. And we want to teach them to articulate it instead of just throwing a fit. You can use your words. You can ask specifically what you need. And so Jesus asked Bartimaeus, what do you want? And he gives him an opportunity in that moment to articulate his faith, articulate his request. Of course, Jesus knew what he wanted. Jesus knew what he needed. But he gave him this opportunity. He asked him, what do you want? And, and by the way, just, just last week, we looked at uh, Jesus asking that same question to, to James and John. And they're like, hey, Lord, we want you to do something for us. And their request was a little bit different. Their request was, Lord, we we want to sit one at your right hand, one at the left. And Jesus is like, you don't you don't really know what you're asking for. Are you able to drink the cup that I'm going to I'm going to drink, right? And and Jesus he redirected, he, he didn't shut them down completely. He he redirected their desire for greatness and taught them that the path to greatness is through service and sacrifice and humility. Okay, not jockeying for a position trying to exalt yourself and secure your position. Let God do that, right? And, and Jesus just lived his life with this open hand and, and serving and giving of himself and letting the Father exalt him, letting the Father lead and guide and, and direct him for his right moment. So he asked, what do you want? And he says, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. The disciples they wanted something, as one theologian, James Edwards says, they had an extraordinary request for glory. But Bartimaeus had an ordinary request for ordinary health. He just wanted to see. He just wanted to be able to, to, to see colors, see faces, see buildings. You know, what, what an amazing, what amazing thing when, when somebody who couldn't see can all of a sudden see. I heard, heard a story about a, a person who, I guess there was a surgery or something done and they, they couldn't see and they, they got recovery of their sight and, and, uh, they were asked like, what, 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 what really stood out to you when, when you got, when you were able to see, what was it that had the greatest impression on you or what were you most, or what are you most excited about being able to see? And the answer was just simply that, just, it, that they were able to see leaves, see, be able to see leaves fall. You know, they thought they were, they just thought the leaves were like a blanket, just like, you know, but when, when their eyes were open, they could see leaves fall. And I, and I love just the, the, the grace that God gives us and being able to see and taste and hear and smell and all, all the, the graces, the common graces that he gives humanity. But here he gives this man who couldn't see sight in response to his desperate cry. Now let's just briefly look at his example. Bartimaeus was a man who had great need. He was a beggar. He had need for provision. No doubt he had need for social connections, relationships. Uh, no doubt he had need for, for purpose and hope. You know, no, no doubt he had all kinds of needs, just like you and me, by the way. Bartimaeus was persistent in his crying out to God. He wouldn't hush when people, when the crowds were telling him to hush, he was kind of taking a risk. You know, when you're blind and, and you're a blind beggar like that, you're kind of at the mercy of a lot of people when you're disabled. And so you don't want to offend people, lose favor with people, lest they harm you. But he's crying out all the more because Jesus is passing by. Bartimaeus had conviction in who Jesus was and what he could do. 
He had conviction that this is the son of David, the Messiah. So he's crying that out. Now that's, that's a pretty bold of him to do that. Because you just don't loosely call somebody the Messiah as a, as a Jewish person in the first century, right? The, the, the Jewish religious leaders, that won't go well with the Jewish religious leaders of their day if they, do, they don't think that that person is the Messiah. Bartimaeus was desperate, and we see Bartimaeus follow Jesus in response to Jesus showing up and healing him. Now, while we have a great example of faith and a great example of persistence and a, and a great example of somebody who came to Jesus with great need, really, this this snapshot in the gospel points us to Jesus. Jesus is the hero of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. And while we have some great examples and people who trusted God and, and God worked powerfully through them and in their lives and showed up on their behalf, Jesus is, is the hero of the Bible. Okay? Not Joshua, not David, not Moses, not Bartimaeus, not the 12 disciples. Jesus is the hero of the Bible. And what we see about Jesus in this passage is we see that he is full of compassion and power. And his compassion and power meet in the life of this blind beggar and show up. He wields it. He uses that power to heal blind eyes. And he he's moved with compassion and care. He cares enough to stop, to listen, and even ask Bartimaeus a question. What do you want me to do for you? I mean, by the way, if if Jesus were to ask you that question today, what do you want me to do for you? What would your answer be? Would you have a request like James and John? They, they think they, they know what they really want. They think they know what, what's best. And Jesus kind of redirects them. Or it, is your request more like this guy Bartimaeus? Have mercy on me. Open my eyes that I might see. What a great prayer. We'll, we'll close in praying that prayer for ourselves. But we see that Jesus is full of compassion and he's full of power. He sees and he knows our struggles. He saw this man who was marginalized, who was, was kind of pushed down, who was ignored, who, who probably felt unseen. Jesus saw him and he sees you and he sees me and he knows our struggles. There's an old hymn. Jesus knows all about our struggles. He will help me out. The break of dawn, there's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. He knows about our struggles. He sees us. He knows. He cares. He cares and he will do something about our struggles, our needs. He will do something about it. And he's the Messiah. He's the one the Jewish people were waiting for. He's the Savior. He's the one who came. And he's also the one that we're waiting for to come back and make all things new. As we sang this morning, we feel that the world is broken with sickness and death and, and violence. We feel it and we ache and we groan with creation. We long for the Messiah to come and make things right. And here we see a little taste, a little glimpse of the kingdom to come. Blind eyes opening. Because one day all the blind eyes are going to see. All the deaf ears are going to hear. The mute are going to speak. The lame are going to leap. 
One day he's going to wipe every tear from our eye. There'll be no more disease, no more death, no more suffering, no more coronavirus, no more war. And so we long for that. And we see a glimpse of that. Jesus, the Messiah, brings that hope to us. Theologian Brian Bailey says that this passage is the only passion, passage in Mark where someone called Jesus the son of David. That, that Jesus accepted this title and healed the man is evidence that he affirmed the truth that he is indeed the Messiah. Now remember throughout the Gospel of Mark how... When Jesus would do a miracle, oftentimes he would say, now, don't go telling everybody about this. Don't go, don't go, don't go spreading the news that I'm the Messiah, right? So, so we see that he, he kind of wanted to put the brake on getting the word out too fast because there was a specific time and he was keeping in step with the Father's timing with him going to the cross. And he knew that was coming and he was getting closer to that. And at this point, He's like, he's, he's going, he's already, he's going, he knows he's going like he, he doesn't, he doesn't stifle this proclamation, this declaration that he's the son of David, that he's the Messiah. Actually, we see him in chapter 11 riding on in and palm branches, uh, the, 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 them crying out, Hosanna, blessed, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The Messiah in Isaiah 35 would heal the blind, the lame. Lepers, John the Baptist, when he was in prison, struggling with, are you the one? Are you the Messiah? Or should we look for another? So he's in prison. About, he's about to get his head chopped off, die. And he sends word to Jesus. Are you the one to come or shall we look for another? And Jesus answered them. This is how Jesus answered them. You tell me, guys, go and tell John that what, what you hear and see, the blind receive their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised, and the poor have the good news preached to them. You tell me, are you, are, are you the one? Am I the one, Jesus? He's saying, in essence, yes, I'm the one. Here, here it is right here. Here's what's happening, and here's the evidence. What Jesus did pointed to who Jesus is as the Messiah. William Lane says, presumably, Jesus did not silence the beggar, in contrast to chapter 8, verse 30, because he is at the threshold of Jerusalem where his messianic vocation must be fulfilled. The messianic secret is relaxed because it must be made clear to all people that Jesus goes to Jerusalem as the Messiah and that he dies as the Messiah. So the next thing I want us to see here is that we are needy like Bartimaeus. Jesus is full of compassion and power and we're needy. And that's, he's exactly who we need. Just like Bartimaeus needed him, we need him. And we must recognize our need for Jesus and all that he offers us. Bartimaeus was going to the right person when he was crying out for mercy. Have mercy on me, son of David. And he was convinced this is him, the son of David. And he was saying it loud. He was saying it real loud. And so he, he, he knew he had need. And he didn't just, he was a blind beggar. He didn't just say, hey, can you throw a few bucks in, in the, uh, in the off, in the, in the, in the bucket for me? <laughs> he didn't just settle for that. When Jesus said, what do you want? He didn't say, well, just, you know, drop a hundred denarii. That'd be cool. Um, I'll be taken care of, right? No. 
No. He didn't, he didn't lowball the request. He, he asked something pretty significant that only the Messiah could do. Open his blind eyes that only God could do. And Jesus came as God in the flesh. And so we need to recognize our need in all that Jesus offers for us. Sometimes we short, we short ourselves. You know, you know, God has so much for us and we settle for so much less than God has for us. Whether that's in prayer and just not asking God, because we think, man, that's just too big of an ask. Open my blind eyes or heal my sick body or, or do whatever some, whatever big thing that God could do and is perhaps willing to do. He's willing and he's able to do. And so we must recognize our need for mercy, just like this, this blind beggar recognized his need for mercy. You know, when we're, when we're, when we seem to be doing well in life and just, we seem to be walking upright and our health is going well, we, we may not feel this desperation and this humble dependence that this blind beggar had. Right? But we need our eyes open to see how great our need is and how needy we are. And he knew that. He recognized that. We must recognize our need for spiritual insight and the way that we express. One of the ways to gauge whether we recognize our great need for God is our level of prayer. Like how much are we praying? How much are we down on our knees asking God for help? You know, when we catch ourselves having not been on our knees for a period of time. I mean, are we dependent on God? When we catch ourselves not not slowing down to yield, to listen to what God has to say in his word and to ask him for guidance, for wisdom. Are we depending on him or are we depending on ourselves? And so we are needy just like Bartimaeus is needy. Let me just read here from uh, Alexander McClern on his commentary on Mark, the God who serves. He says, it is a mirror in which we may see ourselves, our necessities, the example of what our desire ought to be. Ah, brethren, the deep consciousness of impotence, need, emptiness, blindness lies at the bottom of all true crying to Jesus Christ. If you've never gone to him, knowing yourself to be a sinful man in peril, present present and future from your sin, stained and marred by a reason of it, you never have gone to him in any deep and adequate sense at all. Only when I thus know myself am I driven to cry, Jesus, have mercy on me. And I ask you not to answer to me, but to press the question on your own consciences. Have I any experience of such of need? Or am I groping in darkness saying, I see? Am I as weak as water and saying, I'm strong? It seems to me, it seems to me that they will not only be so when on one hand we recognize our need of a savior and on the other hand, behold in him the savior in whom we need. There was a church in Revelation chapter 3, the church of Laodicea, that was blinded to their need. And Jesus called them out on it. He described them as a, as a lukewarm church. And I know I'm 
I know this is a heavy word, and a, um, it, but let me let me just read it and and and, and share what, what he said. He said, "For I know your works; you are neither cold nor hot. Would that you w- were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. For I say to you, for you say, I am rich; I have prospered, and I need nothing, not realizing." That you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich. And white garments so that you may clothe yourself. And that the shame of your nakedness may not be seen. And salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. And so church, I think we all need to come to the, the point where we recognize that we're just as needy as Blind Bartimaeus, blind, wretched. I love John Newton's hymn, Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved the wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. And, and what we see here in the Gospel of Mark is we see that the, that the, the religious leaders who claimed to see were blind. And even the disciples who were walking with Jesus, they struggled to see and have spiritual sight. And Jesus, Jesus gradually gave them spiritual sight. I mean, he predicted three times his death. He told them the gospel three times and they just didn't, they didn't get it. They needed help. And so gradually he was opening their eyes. And so it's fitting for us to pray this prayer. Lord, have mercy on me. Open my eyes. That I may see. And we must do so in faith. We must cry out to Jesus in faith. Just like blind Bartimaeus did. And though he was blind. He could see who Jesus was. He perceived who Jesus was. And Jesus opened his physical eyes. We must be persistent in seeking help from Jesus like he was. We must be bold in coming to Jesus. And we must follow Jesus as he did. He followed him and we know where he was going, right? He was headed towards Jerusalem where he would be crucified. I just wonder how far did he follow him? There's speculation about how far and how long he followed him. But I wonder. Bartimaeus, uh, one theologian, John Grassmick says that Bartimaeus pictured uh, discipleship clearly. He recognized his inability trusted Jesus as the one to give him God's gracious mercy. And when he could see clearly, he began to follow Jesus. What a beautiful picture of discipleship and and how we, we come to Jesus needy, poor, wretched, blind, broken, in need of mercy, in need of grace. And Jesus in his power and compassion meets us with that. And it's good for us to to follow him as well. And so let me close in just a couple of points of application. I've hit on these um, a few times already. Believe that Jesus sees you and that you matter to him. He sees you. He sees you. Your life matters to him. Don't believe the lie that he doesn't care, that he doesn't see you. He does. He loves you more than you and I realize. That's why the Apostle Paul prayed for the church in Ephesians chapter 3 that they would know the depth and the width, the width and the height, 
the length of God's love, that they'd be able to grasp it and really know God cares about you. He cares about us. He cares about our struggles. Recognize your great need for God's mercy and grace. Like, um, not just like Bartimaeus, but also in, in Luke 18, like, like the, the tax collector. There were two, two men who went to pray. And one, the religious guy, was like, Lord, thank you that I'm not, I tithe and I, uh, I do what I'm supposed to do. Not like some of these other guys, like this tax collector here. And this guy's just, he's just beating his chest. God be merciful to me, a sinner. And you know who Jesus said walked away justified in that moment? That guy who recognized his need for mercy, who was putting humbled faith and dependence upon Jesus or upon God in that moment. <clears throat> and so we need God's mercy. We need God's grace. And we can come boldly before his throne of grace and find it. So cry out to God, bringing your need to him in prayer. Come boldly before the throne of grace. Don't stop. Don't quit. Be persistent. Over and over, Jesus teaches us about prayer to not give up, to keep on asking. Ask, 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 ask. Ask and keep asking. It's not because because God didn't hear you the first time. And it's not because God doesn't know what you need. But he says, be be persistent. It's It's for our good that we persist in prayer. And we ask God for what we need instead of just throw in the towel and just be lazy and just wait for everything to be given to us without us even asking, right? We want our kids to do that, right? We want our kids to to, to ask, to use their words in, in prayer. Follow Jesus out of gratitude for meeting you at your point of need. So Jesus opens this guy's eyes and he follows him. No doubt he was a grateful man. No doubt he, he just wanted to be around Jesus and follow Jesus. And, and that's a picture for us as well. There's a <clears throat> hymn writer, Fanny Crosby. Um, many of you have heard of her and know about her. And she was, she was blind. Um, and at times she was, she was often asked, um, why hasn't God healed you? And her response was always the same. God could have done nothing better for me than to give me blindness because by my blindness, he has shut me in with himself and I have learned more about the love of Jesus than if I could see. Here's a beautiful perspective. Many of the the psalm, the, the hymns we sing, written by this woman who couldn't see physically, but man, she could see spiritually. She was able to perceive and see the beauty of who Jesus is and, and help the church have words to articulate in their, their love and their faith towards Jesus. And so it's true that in this life we don't often we, we don't see in our, we don't always see it turn out just like this, this guy in our point of need. Sometimes we, we lose the baby. We lose the job. We lose the loved one. Because we live in a post-Genesis 3 world. A fallen, broken world. 
but it's not going to stay like this. We're looking and longing for the day when Christ will come back and make all things new and that all will see and all will be healed. And his glory will light up the place. And so if you all would join me in prayer in response, I'd like to to pray this together. Um, His prayer and the Apostle Paul's prayer and David's prayer in Psalm 19. And then I'd like to lead us in a song uh, together. Lord, I need you and express our need for the Lord. If you guys would read this and pray this with me and then let's be silent for a moment after we pray this. Lord Jesus, have mercy on me and open my eyes. In Psalm 19, 119. Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. Now join me in this prayer from Ephesians 1. Lord, give me the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of you. Enlighten the eyes of my heart that I may know the hope of your calling, the riches of your glorious inheritance in the saints, and the immeasurable greatness of your power toward us who believe.